0: We are in Matthew, the 24th chapter, and we've been studying the book of Matthew. We're almost done. Uh, we'll do chapter 25, finishing up 24 today, and then we'll pretty much be done. Then it goes into the passion of the Christ and the resurrection, something that we do you know, every, every year around Easter time, so we won't get into all that. Uh, we've been just looking at everything Jesus has been teaching and telling his disciples because we're trying to follow the Great Commission. Jesus said, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to everybody, telling them to obey everything I told you to obey. That's the part we fail. We think the Great Commission is just telling everybody Jesus loves them. Well, that's part of it, but that's not the full commission. The full commission is to tell them to obey what he told them to obey. And that's what we've been doing. We are now in chapter 24. This is uh, the one chapter, according to Matthew, where Jesus just talks about the end of the world, the end of times. The disciples come to him and say, when is all this going to happen? How will we know all this is going to happen? And then Jesus, with a very broad brush, gives them a picture of what it's all going to be like. But it's very broad. It's not uh, extremely specific at all. There's, uh, there's probably, there's one thing in here we'll, we'll talk about in just a second that's pretty specific if we're reading it right. But everything else is a pretty broad brush. And he says, and this is how you're going to know that the end comes. Now, what happens later is, uh, I don't know, three four decades later, Jesus appears to John, the apostle, who wrote the book of John. And uh, John, according to... History, legend, whatever—nobody really knows. He was arrested by the uh, Romans, and the Romans were killing all kinds of Christians. And virtually all of the uh, disciples uh, had died martyr's death. The apostles had died martyr's death, except for John. Now they say that what happened is John got arrested, and the Romans tried to boil him to death in oil, but he wouldn't die. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so what they do is they, you know, being superstitious, they're kind of—they they banished him to an island called the Isle of Patmos where he was supposed to live out his days and as far as we know that's where he died out on the Isle of Patmos. Patmos Paul, or John writes, while I was on the Isle of Patmos Jesus came to me and gave me specifics about the end. This is the book of Revelation. This is the last book of the Bible. And there he starts getting really specific in ways that he doesn't hear. In fact Jesus in that meeting says, look there is a specific window that is coming. It's a seven-year period. It's called the Great Tribulation. And, uh, and that's really specific, much more than what he's talking about here. So uh, we'll reference that in just a second. But anyway, we're in Matthew 24, he's speaking more generically, if you will, about the end times. He says, well, here's how you know we're in the end times. And he gives a list of things. False messiahs would come. That certainly happened. Wars and rumors of wars... Certainly, you know, there's been some major conflagrations of World War I, World War II. Uh, maybe that's what he was talking about. He said uh, that Christians would be under great persecution and death. Uh, certainly that was true in the early church. I hope that's the end of it because <laughs> I don't want to go through it now. But it could be. Maybe something else is coming we don't know about. Um, he says it's going to get so wicked, and people are going to be. The culture is going to become so wicked that many people will grow cold in their faith. I would argue that is happening now. That's sad. There's all kinds of people today who claim to be Christians, and they're barely Christians. Uh, their version of Christianity is more fire insurance than passion for God. You know, they just don't want to go to hell. You know, so they show up for church for Sunday, and but everything else is just you know, besides paying the policy on their fire insurance, they just do everything else that they want, they're consumed about their own life, my own money, my own this, my own that, my retirement, everything, and they're just consumed about the cares of this life, bad place to be, okay, we need to be putting God first in our lives, all right, then we have to deal with money and kids and retirement and everything else, we still got to deal with that stuff, but it's a whole different thing when God is first in your life and you deal with all that, than when that's your focus and then God's off on the side. I'm telling you, way too many people are like this with Jesus off in a corner. Don't let that be you. I know you've got to deal with all this, but don't get obsessed by that. If that becomes more important than anything else in your life. You're in a bad place, a frightening place. And sadly, most of them are clueless and don't know they're in a bad place. Then he repeats himself again. He says, there's going to be some false messiahs coming. You already said that. He says it again. Only this time he says, some of these guys are going to do miracles that are going to spin your head. And if possible, even the most committed of Christians will think maybe this is the Messiah. We talked about that last week. Never, ever. I don't care if these guys are raising frogs from the dead. I don't care what they do. If they float around the room, lights and everything, all comes up flashing. So, well, maybe this is Jesus. It's not Jesus. All right? Jesus, is when I come back again, no one's going to have to go looking for me. I'm coming back. And it's, you know, this is a butt-kicking version of Jesus coming this next time. It's not going to be somebody you to go look and wonder about. All right. Then he quotes from the Old Testament before his time, where the prophet said, "The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, stars will fall from the sky." Has that happened yet? I don't think so. Uh, But who knows what these guys were seeing? I mean, you know, it's like even the Book of Revelation. You know, he talks about you know creatures with the face of a lion and all. You know, I mean, how would you describe a tank in battle? 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. I mean, these are people who've never seen a light bulb. These are people that a toaster would be, that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how would you even describe these things? You know, So what we're reading and the way they describe it's hard to even know what they're talking about. You know, was this when Mount St. Helens blew its top and you couldn't barely see the sun for a week around here and you couldn't even see the moon and the stars because of all this stuff and airplanes were grounded because of the... was that what he's talking about? I don't know, you know. What about stars falling from the sky? I don't know. Did he see the space challenger blow to bits and coming down in flame? You know, is that what he, how would you describe it? 3,000, you don't know what a shuttle is. so Or there's some crazy stuff yet to come. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know, and, and you don't either. Uh, the most uh, detailed thing that he did give is he refers to the abomination of desolations, which we explained two weeks ago. This is where Daniel prophesied that in the end time, there would be this guy that we now refer to as the Antichrist, talks about in the book of Revelation, who basically will set himself up as God. I'm, I, I'm to be worshipped, uh, which is the most abominable thing that could possibly happen. Uh, so that hasn't uh, happened. If we're reading that right, that needs to happen. About the one thing that would probably really creep me out is if they start rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. Because now we're really getting in the last streak of this stuff. Everything else, this, you can make an argument, all these things have already happened to some level. We don't know. But when that temple starts getting built, and they're talking about rebuilding, it, you can actually read about it. Uh, Every time I read a thing about it in the news, I go, you know, I don't know. Okay, so anyway, so that's that's that deal. Now, to give you a little bit more explanation as we get into this end thing, there's another thing. We got this tribulation, that seven-year period, which... We now know it's much more specific, so as far as these guys know, Jesus would come back any second. Well, for us, it's not really any second because we know there has to be this seven years of tribulation. What is a question to us is this event called the rapture. Now, in Paul, when we're, and you're getting the Cliff Notes version. Of it. You can't study this on your own, you know, so go ahead. If I'm losing you, just go study it on your own. All kinds of books out there about prophecy and stuff. But the apostle Paul said, look. In the final time, God will blow the trumpet and it says the dead in Christ will rise and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the air. (laughs) That's pretty cool. When will this happen? (laughs) I have no idea. Okay, now there's three versions of this. So hang on and try and keep up with me as we go through this. Knowing about this tribulation, the seven-year thing, there's three versions of it. It's called pre trib post-trib, and mid-trib. If anybody ever asks you if you're a pre-tribber or whatever, now you know, well, I'll explain to you what this means. The thing is, a pre-tribber believes that the rapture happens at the beginning of the seven-year window, okay? That at the beginning of the seven-year window, we all get and we get out of here. I'm voting for that one, okay? (laughs) That's, That's what I hope happens. Get me out of here. I want to watch it from up there. Whoa, look at that, man. Am I glad we're okay? That's, that's version number one. That's I'm hoping for version number one. Version number two is there's an interpretation. that You can kind of look at the book of Revelations. That's not, it might happen at the midway point. Okay, I can buy that too because then we're out of here before it really starts hitting the fan. You know, we're out of here. I just want to be out of here. But then there's version number three and there's arguments for all three. That, no, 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 this all happens at the very, very end. Now, the way Jesus talks in Matthew 24, it's a real strong indication this all happens at the last second. Because remember, he says, when I show up again, it's going to be like lightning that everybody's going to see across the sky. And then the trumpet will sound and I will gather everybody. Well, he's making it sound like that's when he actually shows up at the last second and and he actually comes back. Um, I don't know. You don't either. Here's the thing. You should never argue about this stuff. And if you want to argue, don't call me. I refuse to have the debate. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know either. Okay? Um, Here's the thing about prophecy. It's, It's really hard to know what the heck they're talking about. It is. Now, the Bible, by and large, is not complicated. There's parts of it that are really complicated, and this is the most complicated portions of it. Prophecy is like, oh, what are they talking about? The truth is, most of the prophecies that we know that Jesus fulfilled about when he came the first time, we only know because he came and fulfilled them and they pointed out what prophecies is fulfilled. I don't think we would, I would have never caught it. I don't know what they're talking about. Because, you know, they'll say, well, when this happened, that was a prophecy of fulfillment of this. Oh, oh, oh okay. But I, I, would, I don't think I would have caught it the first time around. Um, parts of the Bible, are, most of it's very clear. You know, the historical parts are very clear. The way we're supposed to live, God's... Instruction for life is very clear. That's very unequivocal. There's no excuse. For, well, the Bible could mean... No, 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 no. It's really clear. The Bible says what it means, and it means what it says, all right? People argue about, you know, was the earth actually created in six days or was it six million years? I don't know. I wasn't there, all right? But that is why we don't... That's not the major stuff, the major, but how you're supposed to live is very clear. And it's always clear. When God said, thou shalt not kill was pretty clear it wasn't thou shalt not kill unless they take your parking space okay he did not say thou shalt not commit adultery ordinarily all right there's no ordinarily in there well we didn't mean for it to happen we fell in love yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about that nonsense and neither does God it's very clear no mystery in that but when you come to prophecy I don't know. Here's an example. And we just read this a couple of weeks ago. Because his disciples came to him the Bible says a couple of chapters ago and the disciples said look if you're the Messiah where's Elijah? Because the last book in the Old Testament is a prophecy. He says before that the day of the Lord comes I will send Elijah. And Jesus said well Elijah's already come. He said it was John the Baptist. A few of you were paying attention. Okay, great. So now, how are you supposed to figure that out? John the Baptist, he said Elijah. He didn't say, well, his name is actually going to be John, but we're calling him Elijah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Personally, I think that prophecy is one of these prophecies that applies to both his first time and a second time. I think... uh, the spirit of Elijah was on John the Baptist. Jesus came the first time. I personally think that before Jesus comes the second time, Elijah will literally come back. We read about it in the book of Revelation. This is take 30 seconds, and if you're lost, just wake up for a second. Okay, just, we'll get through this. In the book of Revelations, it says when the Antichrist is at his peak and everything's hitting the fan, and this guy God is going to send two guys who are going to just torture the Antichrist and everybody else. It's going to be hilarious. I hope we're watching it from a distance. You know what I'm saying? But the Bible says they're going to make them miserable and they're going to do miracles and just everything. And the Bible says everybody's going to try and kill them and they can't kill them. Now, that's got to be fun to watch this. You know, I don't know. Everybody's trying to kill these two guys. Nobody's not, And it's talking about these two, two witnesses. Uh, now, nobody knows for sure who these two witnesses are. My theory is that, by the way, has anybody seen this new show? Is on ABC or something called uh, Sleepy Hollow. Have you seen this? Some, a few of you have seen this. You know, it's, you know, it's about Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. It's very biblical. You know, so, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> so apparently Ichabod and, and the Headless Horseman have gone through time, and now they're in modern-day America, which is, you know, sure, it could happen. So, uh, uh, but anyway, if you listen to that show they talk about, they read from the book of Revelation that the two witnesses, and in the whole premise of the show is that Ichabod Crane and this chick cop are the two witnesses. They're crazy, all right? So anyway, but, but that's where they get that. There, there are going to be these two witnesses that are going to come, and it's going to be quite entertaining and stuff. Uh, and, and then God's going to take away his power from them, and then they're going to be able to kill him. And the Bible says the whole world is going to celebrate when they kill these two guys. And then, right before their eyes, God's going to raise them. Obviously, it's going to be really entertaining. In this, it's like when God shows up and just blows everybody's brains. Now, there's two people in the Bible that we know have never died. Anybody know who they are? Elijah's one. The other one is Enoch. Enoch. Very good. Someone said Abraham. The other no. Abraham's very dead. All right. So, <laughs> Enoch and Elijah are two people that we know biblically, or just walk along one day and God just. Whoop. Now, who knows where these cats are? They're probably up some time warp somewhere just going, whoa, you know. And the whole thing might seem like five seconds to that. They might be up there for a little bit and say, who are you? I'm Enoch. I'm Elijah. Nice to meet you. And then all of a sudden, boom, these two guys show up. And so I really think that literally Elijah will come. But that's my theory. I have no idea. All I know is there's no way I would have figured he would, John the Baptist was any part of this. That's how confusing this is. Nobody really knows. Don't get crazy about this stuff. All right? So, anyway, the big question now that everybody's wondering is when will the rapture happen? When will the tribulation begin? If it happens, starts tomorrow, we got seven years if we don't get raptured out first. All right, so in the context of all of that, let's pick up verse 36, chapter 24, as we wrap up chapter 24. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Everybody say, no one knows. No one knows. Anytime some nitwit comes along and says, well, I know the Bible says the is going to happen on September 27th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They are idiots. <laughs> now, this just happened a couple of years ago, right? And then he was wrong. He said, oh, I made a calculation mistake. It's really a couple of months later. And then, of course, that went by, you know. And, and I realized there's crazy people out there. There's nothing you can do. But don't you call me. And there were people who called me. Pastors, is the world really going to end Saturday? No! <laughs> okay? These people are crazy. Nobody knows. And this guy, he, was, he owned like what? Hundreds of Christian radio stations around the world had gazillions of dollars and there were billboards everywhere. And, you know, and he cracked the code. <sighs> now listen to me. For just a minute. If there really is a hidden numerical code buried in the Bible that God hid, you ain't going to find it. Okay? You know what I'm saying? It's like God's going to go, oh, myself. Never thought he'd figure that out. You know, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if God's going to hide it, you're not, you can't even do a Rubik's Cube for heaven's sakes. How you going to figure out a, some hidden that just ticks me off well, we've discovered the hidden cup. when you hear people talk like that they're morons don't listen to that and the number of Christians every so many years some idiot comes up with something that was a big one We, 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come back in 1988 was that the name of the book something something like that whatever we went to a church where half the church was all thrilled about it. they were all caught up in that nitwits there's something just so irritates me. And it's just, do you not read the Bible? Jesus says, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, he says, nor the sun. Jesus is even saying, I don't even know. But yet you figured it out numerically. Oh, good Lord. seriously, don't call me and ask me. I will just get really irritated. People are so stupid. God help us. Okay. Now, as it was in the days of Noah, Jesus said, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man, which is a little shocking, because what he's going to talk about now, he says, life is going to be pretty normal. Normal? (laughs) Isn't the tribulation going on. you know, Even in the midst of crazy, there's still going to be a bulk of people who still live day to day. All right? He says, uh, as it was in the days of Noah, so it'll be when I come back. For the days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage. Up to the day, Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Nobody knows. You're going to think it's just a Regular day and boom, something kicks in. Now, will it be the rapture for us? Well, that's he's talking about the. I, we don't know. Everybody's got their theories. I don't know. He says, they say, Well, he's talking about the rapture because the next verse says, Well, two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left, two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken, and the other left. You know, that, who even uses a handmill? <laughs> you know I don't know um, is it talking about people one's going to die the other one's not going to die I mean we know tons of people are going to die during this time is he talking about the uh, the rapture I don't know but here's the point of it all the very next word verse 42 42 therefore everybody say therefore The point of all of this, therefore, be careful how you live. Every time you read in the Bible about prophecies, particularly in the New Testament, they always say, look, this is coming, therefore, seeing what is coming this way. And you say, Pastor, this kind of creeps me out. It's supposed to creep you out. It's supposed to freak the willies out of you. All of us. We're supposed to read this and go... That's my response. I don't like reading this stuff. It gives me the creepy heebie-jeebies. Okay, it's supposed to give you the heebie-jeebies because it's supposed. to. therefore is live right. If you know the stuff is coming, live in a way that honors God. Because you never know when this can hit. Okay, that's the point. Therefore, keep watch. Jesus says, pay attention because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. Even if they come up with eighty-eight reasons why Jesus will come back in nineteen eighty-eight, nobody knows. This, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Just don't get caught up in that nonsense, okay? And then he gives a a parable, an analogy, which he is often inclined to do. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Using the analogy of masters and servants, obviously in this time of life in the world, very clear lines, He had masters, he had servants. The master, you have a job, you're supposed to be doing that job. When the master comes, you're going to be in big trouble. Um, uh, He says, for truly I tell you, verse 47 that the master will put this guy who's doing the right thing in charge of all his possessions. It'll be good for him. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away for a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. Well, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It will not be pretty. Okay, You don't want to be in that category. What he's trying to say, even as the most general of of terms of what it's going to be like at the end time, what he's saying is the point is be ready. All of it is supposed to be ready. Don't get so caught up in your life that you forget about everything else. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy your life. I think you can. I think God is faithful and he's wonderful and he's blessed us with many wonderful things, Okay. Doesn't mean you shouldn't prepare for retirement or anything. Yeah, we got to do all we got to do everything that all the stuff of life that we have to deal with, we have to deal with. But don't get obsessed by it. Don't get so caught up in that that you forget about putting God first in your life, and take the end of the world stuff and forget about it for a second. Whether or not all this happens in the next, you know, few years or what, is irrelevant. The truth is, your world's going to end. Okay. And you don't know when you're going to check out. Do I think we are in the last days? I do. I really do. If you take all the timeline of from Adam all the way to present. Okay? All the way from here to there. We are living right here. This is the last hundred years. Now one of the prophecies of the end times that Daniel said is that in the end times there will be a great increase of knowledge. I want you to think about this. From here all the way to here. We're talking 100 years ago. The only mode of transportation was a horse. For all of this time, up until 100 years ago. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, here and then we had the Edsel and then, you know, Cadillacs came along here somewhere. And then eventually computers got started, then you got iPhones. I mean, the only technological advance in all this time is the wheel. When it got dark at night, the only way you could see is with a flame. For all of this. And in the last hundred years, we have gone from flames and horses, which the only people who still live like that live in Pennsylvania. There's a few in Wisconsin, too. But, I mean, it's a pretty rare, all right? But <laughs> we're talking horses and flames for all of us up until here. And in the last hundred years, we've gone from that to flying, cars, light bulbs, iPhones, iPads, iTouch, iKaramba. caramba. And it's just, I mean, and it's not even even done yet. I mean, you buy a computer, you walk out, it's already not worth as much as it was when you just bought it. Because there's an update you didn't get on the way out the door. I mean, this stuff is changing so fast. Like, holy cow, I don't even get it anymore. I finally finally caught up to Facebook. And now everybody's into Twitter. And, And I don't know how to twit. I am a twit. I don't get it. What? Have you tweeted? What? Did you tweet? Well, I don't think anybody heard me, but yeah, I did. You know, I just, what, 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 are you, what are you talking about? No, no, because I don't know. I don't have a Twitter, Twitter thing. He said, oh, pastor, I, I have you on Twitter. That's because I've hired someone else to do it for me. I don't even know what So clearly, do I think we're in the, yes. I think this is like, holy cow. I don't think all of this can go on much longer. I really don't. It might happen in my lifetime. I'm pretty certain if it's not my lifetime, which in a way I'm kind of hoping not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to see any of it. You got to think, you're talking your grandkids at least. I mean, is this something that's happening here? You say, that's creepy. It's supposed to be creepy let's live the kind of lives that we're ready no matter what. All right? Yes. That's the point. (laughs) Somebody pray. Okay, let's pray. I'll pray. Here we go. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Lord, there are days that are coming that's going to be hard. Another place... uh, you said people's hearts would fail them for fear because of the kind of days that are coming in the end. I mean, this is, this is it's going to get really crazy and intense. We're hoping we're all out of here by then, but if not, Lord, no matter what happens, help us to always put you first, to trust you, because no matter what happens, you made a promise that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Help us, Lord, as we're doing life, not to get caught up in life, but to always put you first. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay, so now next week we do chapter 24. Three final parables Jesus gives, and then we're done. Because then we go into the passion, and we'll, we'll see what those look like next week. All right, God bless. Bye.